electricians, they earn this, they earn that. Everyone has an idea that electricians make a huge amount of money. And if you're a good electrician, well, yeah, you do earn quite good money. But not every single penny of that goes into our pockets. It's pretty expensive to run your own business. So in this podcast, I'm going to break it down. I'm going to list every single expense and see how much it actually costs to run your own business as an electrician. Toolbox Talks for Electricians, helping electricians reduce stress, gain back time and earn more money because it costs being this good. Welcome back once again, and if you don't know me by now, I'm your host, Ben Poulter, and I'm going to break down the outgoings that electricians have when running their own business, and it's going to be a proper breakdown too. I'm not going to miss a thing. The calibration, the upgrades, the insurances, the Starbucks coffee, the lot. Okay, I'll probably scrap off the coffee because that's a bit of a luxury, but one of the first things is a must-have. You're going to need public liability insurance. Every self-employed person has it and you need it. You've got to have it to be able to work in these domestic premises or even industrial commercial premises. And if you make a mistake and it blows up a two grand computer in someone's house or you're dropping something maybe on a 10 grand carpet, you want to be able to be covered. You don't want to have to let that come out of your own pocket sometimes and go for the best cover you can do too. I know you can get this £98 a year cover, this is basically the the bare minimum maybe, but you can also add on the five grand of tools insurance, which is probably a good idea these days with all the freaking vans getting robbed. They're a bloody nightmare. So just cover yourself with the five grand's worth of tools insurance because I bet, well, I do think that there's five more than five grand's worth of tools in my van and if they get robbed, it's going to cost me more than that to replace them. So five grand is a little bit that's going to help you out in the long run if you do get robbed. But another little mistake I made from the beginning as well was you get up to, on the normal insurance, you get two million pounds worth of cover, a standard but you need to have five million pounds worth of cover. And this is what's required by the Part P registration, guys. So for public liability, I'm gonna put down around 150 pound a year. And talking about being registered for Part P, you're gonna be needed to be registered to sign off this Part P certification for the building regulation. Nearly all electrical work is notifiable these days and you need to notify to the council and for a certificate to be able to issue to the customer. So if you're going to build a business in the electrical industry, you're going to have to become a member of the NIC, EIC or NAPIP, one or the other sooner or later. The NIC, to be registered with them, that's going to cost you around £594 a year. And NAPIT is a little bit cheaper, which is going to cost you around £420 a year. And then to be able to be a member of their little group where you can qualify to be Part P registered and have all the right documentation, you're going to need to have the books, the tools, and even show them the records of your test results, what you give the customers. So there's a few hoops that you need to jump through to be registered. And there is a download of a checklist in the Toolbox Talks for Electricians group when it comes to you having your assessment. So if you go in there, download that and just to check off to make sure you've got everything. Because obviously a revisit as well, if you don't pass, that'll also cost you money as well. Because I've found over the years, being registered with NAPIT, that 
they'll always find something. So find, they'll find something to pick you up on. I think it's their job to do that. So when you have an assessment, leave a little bit of something, well, something they can find, maybe a mistake, you haven't got a book or you haven't got the right documentation, just something that's an easy fix so you can fix it that day, just so they can point it out and make, make that assessor feel special, make it feel like he's done his job, he's done his bit and he's, he's pulled you down a little bit. They like to do that. I don't know why, I just feel like that is the sort of thing what they try and do to every electrician when they're doing the assessment they've got to pull them up they've got to say you're not good enough you need to do this they've got to tell you what to do it's, it's like the young police officers they want to establish their authority in a way so just leave a little bit of something they can go through they can always find something it does sound silly i know and maybe some assessors are listening to this thinking no we don't we don't do that but my experience with you guys yeah, you do. It does It does sound silly, but it does work every time. And it makes you become friends with them as well because it gives them the upper hand maybe to say, yes, I'm here to assess you and pass you off and I've just dictated to you. Yeah, fantastic. I did need to go and find my insulated screwdriver set or my torque setting screwdriver that was in the van that I didn't have out ready to show you. I had to do what you told me to do. It just gives them a little bit of the upper hand. But as a previous podcast as well, electricians, they test all the time. You can't test any electrical insulation, obviously, without a test kit. And a good one is going to cost you around a grand. So I'll put that down as tools. So we're not going to include that. You need that to be able to be an electrician. But it will cost you every year to have that test kit calibrated. And for a multi-tester, it cost me around £93 a year to get that calibrated. But... As a bonus, you get a good person that will calibrate it. They'll replace all the batteries included in that 93 quid. That You want Duracell batteries. You want decent batteries in there. You don't want to get these Poundland batteries because they don't work. But I used to have a backup test kit for when the other one was away for calibration. It was a brand new fluke tester. It was beautiful. It's the only one that I ever bought brand new. You know, when you buy something brand new, you think, well, yeah, this is fantastic. You buy all the, the special fixtures and fittings for it. They've got to be fluke as well because you want it to match. It's just one of them OCD things that I do, I think. But it got pinched out the back of my van. And they pinched the new one and left the bleeding old one. And thinking about now, I wish I wasn't so OCD and I wish I'd put the old one in the new box. Because then they would have pinched the old one and I would have been able to keep the new flute tester. But I haven't replaced that flute tester yet, so I just think I don't need to. I can just maybe take a couple of days off or just not test things for a week. Obviously not test things and leave them. I'll go back and test them. But um, yeah, just not test things for the week. Don't get any jobs where it needs testing for the week. So I can be without two fluke testers or two multi-testers. So calibration, that's probably one of the small costs. For one of the biggest costs to any electrician running his own business, it's going to be the van. The van is what you need to get about, to get to jobs, what you need to get your kit in. And you can't get to any jobs with any kit if you haven't got some sort of transportation or some sort of van. Yeah, you can maybe do it out of a car, but you can't get three meter lengths of conduit. You can't get a decent drum in the back of a car. It's going to ruin your motor. So a van is ideal for what electricians need. They need the van to be reliable too. So the more you spend on the van, the more you're going to save in the long run in my experience. So I'll calculate maybe a lease hire on the van because I do know that many sparkies, that's what they do, they lease hire their van. But if you can't afford to buy a van outright, 
then you budget your costs within a lease hire. And this lease hire of a half decent van will probably cost you around £299 a year. That's maybe for a little van. That's something to get you by. I like to have a big van. I've always experienced having a big van. You can get more in it and you can find your crap easier, basically. It's not all piled in. So depending on what van you get, it's going to cost you £140 a year to tax it. The insurance, my insurance is around £390 a year. The fuel you put in the van, you've obviously got to get from job to job. And most electricians I know, well, personally myself as well, they fill up at least once a week. And that's 120 quid in today's fuel prices, quite expensive. But if you do do the lease hire, I think that everything's covered with your servicing and any problems you get, you can always just ring them up and go, well, this is broke, so they can sort it out for you. But to be sure... I'm going to budget around £250 a year for maintenance on the van as well. So this is going to be quite generous, I think, depending on what van you got, because you could be robbed. And that five, that, that's your five grand worth of tools gone, or you got a claim in your insurance, maybe. So you don't know what's going to happen in the years. I'm not going to budget for maybe if you get broken into, because fingers crossed that doesn't happen, but because they can with these people that rob your van and stuff they create not just your five grand's worth of tools go missing they create two grand's worth of damage to the bleeding door as well so you need to sort of have a decent van i think and obviously i've upgraded the locks on my van so you've got special locks because ford transit customs they're renowned for i think there's videos on youtube on how to break into them i watched them myself where they do a hacksaw blade down the back of the door and it pops the locks open so my locks now don't open up automatically you've got to get a key which is a bit of a nightmare but in my head it keeps the van safer for when i'm in working in dodgy areas basically Another thing that you're going to need as an electrician is a waste carrier's license. I didn't have one for years. And if you put the waste from your job in your van, like the old fan or the old wiring, anything, you need a waste carrier's license. I didn't realise this until I was pulled over by the environmental agency. They just pulled me over one day, a car pulled up and it said, follow me. I was like, what the hell have I done here? Like, it's a bit of a a bit of a sting, a bit like a terrorist attack thing, like where they pulled over and it was all a bit, I was thinking, hang about, what's going on here? But I pulled over and they were lovely and nice to me and they obviously checked out the insurance on my van and they had a good look in the back of my van as well. At that time, I didn't have any waste in there. They did spot a bucket and they saw a bucket of offcuts of cable in the back of the van. And they said, excuse me, mate, is that waste? I said, yeah, like, it's not waste at all. I'm going to scrap that in. So I'm not going to throw, be throwing that in the skip. That's me taking it to a scrapyard to get, I don't know, 20 quid for a bucket of scrap. So luckily that I didn't have any scrap in the van or get done for it that time. But ever since then, I've got a, a waste carrier's license, which that will cost you around £154 a year which will also let you visit the local skips because you go to the government website, you buy your waste carrier's license and if you've got any old wardrobes or any crap that you need to get rid of, you can shove it in your van and it lets you go into the skip and get rid of that, which I found was a bit of a bonus. But don't tell friends and family that you've got a waste carrier's license because everybody needs a man with a van to go to the skip. It's a nightmare. Hopefully my friends and family aren't listening to this where they say, hey Ben, you can get rid of my stuff down the skip. Just please don't ask me, man. It's always full of stuff. I don't want to go down the skip. It's boring. Get your husband to do it. 
And now the initial cost of becoming an electrician, it is, it is expensive enough. The full training and qualifications for electrician, maybe if you're starting later on in life, where you're not doing an apprenticeship, it's gonna cost you around seven grand upwards. Not to mention the special tools you need too. So every now and again, there's a new upgrade to the electrical installations regulations in the UK. So in 2004, when I was qualified, it was a 17th edition. And today, in 2023, you need to be 18th edition qualified to be able to sign off electrical work in customers' properties. And that upgrade cost around £180, and it took maybe a couple of days to sit in a classroom and to learn, basically, what was included in the upgrade for the initial test at the end. And there are other courses out there of ways of becoming 18th edition qualified, but the majority of electricians well, we're in the room with me doing the same test. They did it through the upgrade themselves where they do a couple of days course and then do the test at the end. And the 18th edition upgrade is not the only one you have to do as well. When I first started out on my own, you didn't have to be 2391 qualified as tested and inspection to be Part P registered. You didn't have to have that. Now you do. You need to have that qualification and that course will cost you around 800 quid and it's a one-time course so we can leave that out of the yearly cost once you're qualified and you've done your inspection and testing which is sort of an upgrade you can be a fully qualified electrician but then there's another course that will take you to your 2391 that does you for qualification for inspection and testing there's always an upgrade of what you can do there's EV charging courses now where you can obviously be registered to install EV charges as well there's also there's a lot of different avenues you can do as an electrician where you can be an extra qualification so if you want to advance further maybe look into them but another cost that you may not have thought about because what do you think about if an electrician turned up to your house wearing an old super dry hoodie and a pair of jeans and trainers what would your first impressions be not fantastic would they because that's another cost that you have as an electrician running your own business you've got to have some sort of branded clothing and not just, not just the clothing to make you look smart. Obviously, you need the PPE too, the goggles or the, the steel toe cap boots on site sometimes. Because when crawling around loft spaces, they also get caught on nails and they get wrecked because you're not exactly just sitting in an office. These are sort of materials that you're going to have to replace yearly. So it's going to cost you around £250 a year to keep that kit looking fresh and to keep it looking good i always get a couple of jumpers or a couple of t-shirts and well these trousers these days are scruff trousers they cost 85 quid and the amount of trousers you go through you you've got to get a pair of trousers with them knee guards in being an older guy now you want to save your knees a little bit so you want to get the trousers where you put the cushions in your knees because you're on your knees all the time as a spark fixing sockets or i don't know lifting floorboards it saves your knees just that little bit so I think around £250 a year for your clothing is quite, yeah, that's not too bad. That's quite a, a fair figure, I think. But this next one, it can either cost you a fortune or it can cost you nothing at all. Maybe when you first start up on your own, you want to go out there and put some time and energy into getting it all set up. But after that, it should really run on auto. Like years ago, it was a good idea to maybe print leaflets out and post them around your local neighbourhood or get an ad in the local newspaper. Like where I am, there's a little, 
I think it's Trade Finder, some little magazine. I don't understand how it's still going because I don't read it, but I don't know who does. Maybe the older generation people, they look in there and find a, a, a trade, a, a tradesman to do the work for them. It's a good idea. So maybe if you're looking for work when you're first starting out, yeah, it's possibly a good idea to get yourself in the newspaper. It's something that everyone used to do back in the day. But to this day and age, you can just do it by doing a simple google website or get yourself on google basically how do people find electrician if they want the garden or builder or electrician or a plumber they go into google and write electricians near me and you want your name to come up there because these people that do maybe still read the newspapers that i don't know maybe an argument here somewhere but are probably a bit old-fashioned because in my experience the people that read newspapers or even look at a leaflet that you posted through the door they're not ideally the type of customers that you want to help your business grow they're usually maybe a little old lady that can't reach to change a light bulb so you go around and you change a light bulb for her but you're not an arsehole so you say right i'll just give us a cup of tea i'll change your light bulb for you it's it's a, the, the niceness in you maybe but you don't want to rip an old lady off or anything like that you don't want to charge you 50 quid for your initial charge what you do just to change a light bulb you end up giving her the light bulb anyway because you've had such a, a lovely chat and a nice cup of tea and she lives on her own or anything anyway so yeah you there's the sort of customers you attract that, that pick up your leaflets or maybe find you in the newspaper in my experience so scrap off the old ways of maybe leafleting or getting yourself in the newspaper the new ways of marketing is getting your business on social media with a facebook page with a with a google business page you can go down the paid route if you want through that with social media where you can use ads on facebook you can use ads on google but you're going to need to spend around a grand sort of thing to test that before it'll really work for you so don't think you're going to put 200 pound in and you're going to get a shed load of work it doesn't sort of work like that you've got to make a test to get sure you've got you've got to make sure you get the right audience it's a bit of a a testing game i think with ads if you're going to build a business and i don't think for a sole trader as an electrician or a sole trader as a businessman that ads on google or ads on facebook are a fantastic idea so i would say that the cost of marketing is basically your time and your effort you don't really want to be paying for customers because if you have that ad set up and you're getting a shed load of work as soon as you turn that ad off then you're not going to get any more work so you want it to grow sort of naturally you want to become naturally recommended through word of mouth once again i've said in a previous podcast that word of mouth is the best way you can grow your business but running your own business you're not really entitled to holiday pay you don't get a certain pay i'm having a week off and you still get paid it's not like you can add an extra day to a job and say, well, that's for the summer holidays when I'm going to have a week off. So you need to factor in maybe the days when you're not working and you are on holiday. And I'm not saying factor in a holiday to Mexico with the gold-plated yacht. Just factor in the bills that you need to cover because you still need to pay for that insurance. You still need to pay for your van to be insured. and so you, can, you don't get a, a break from your insurance or your tax. It's still got to be taxed to be on the road. You need to pay for it all still when you're not working. This is the thing and you've got to cover that. Just because you take a break, the bank doesn't say, oh yeah, I tell you what, you're on holiday. We can skip a payment on that mortgage. It doesn't matter. So the money you charge as an electrician 
it's got to be able to cover that time for when you do have, have holidays off. Everyone has holidays, and this is how it works. So maybe save a bit of money down the in on the back sort of in the back end. I've done it before when you start out as an electrician, you're earning a great amount of money, but. I was quite young and I was spending a good amount of money. But when it comes to having time off and maybe having a couple of weeks off, go on holiday, you come back and you think, damn, I'm skinned. So have a bit of a savings in the back burner because you're going to need to do that as a self-employed electrician. And just in case anything happens, sometimes you might get a bit of a, bit of a quiet week. And rather than thinking, damn, I'm not going to be able to pay my mortgage, I'm going to live on the breadline, start saving. And running your own business, that's sort of a trait that you've got to get inside your mind as well that you need to save a little bit of money just in case but this leads me on to another cost for electricians running their own business we are electricians we're not accountants and with all the figures of tax and VIT VAT even sorry and the income tax and the outgoings like you need an accountant to sort of knows what they're doing I did my own accounts for a year once and yeah, I did them completely wrong. I ended up having to dip in fined a couple of grand for that mistake. So stick to doing what you're good at, being an electrician. Let an accountant or a bookkeeper do their bit. And that's going to cost you around 350 quid a year, depending on your business of what you earn and what you're putting through, whether you're VAT registered. But I'm going to budget for around 350 quid a year. So that's towards coming to the end of my analysis of what it costs to be an electrician. And you may be thinking, hang about Ben, there's a lot more to it. Yeah, there probably is. But if you start to mention how much it costs to maintain the happiness of the missus, yeah, we're gonna be here forever. So let's see what we've been through. Public liability, 150. Part P, 420. Calibration, 93 van tax 140 van insurance 390 fuel around four grand a year van maintenance 250 quid waste license 154 kit for ppe that's going to cost you 250 a year and the bookkeeping 350 so that's a total of 6197 pound just to be able to get out the front door every morning and be legal to be able to carry work out as an electrician and if you're like me, you didn't realise that that's quite a lot, man. I tell you, that's a lot of money that I'm spending on running my business. So the next time a customer says, uh, that's too expensive, I can get materials from Screwfix and do it for cheap, it's only an easy job, then get the hell out of there, run. If they don't understand what it costs to run a business, either point them towards this podcast or just cut your losses and go from there because it costs you more sometimes to do a job for someone than you're actually getting paid. And to be honest, if that customer doesn't see the value in what you're doing for them as an electrician, it's probably not the right sort of customer you wanna be a part of your business. You want It's not gonna help your business grow. So this probably leads to a question in your head that you think, well, well how much should I be charging as an electrician then? So there's another podcast for that. How much should I be paid as an electrician in the UK? Listen to this and it'll give you a good idea of what you should be charging to run your business. And it should be bloody loads because it's 6,000 odd pound a year. It costs you just to start, just to run. That's without actually doing any work. That's without your lunch and your Starbucks. And there's, there's so much other things that you should include in that. So don't be cheap, just be brilliant. 
You're an electrician after all. So until next time, I'll see you again. Get inside the Toolbox Talks for Electricians group and post your experience of what we've talked about today. I'll leave a link to the group in the show notes below. Until next time, I'll see you again.